I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Jack Hollis, Group Vice President and General Manager of Toyota Division at Toyota Motor North America. Jack's responsible for leading all sales, marketing, and market representation, plus guest experience and retention activities for Toyota regional sales offices and distributors. He also maintains a role as a global marketing advisor for Toyota's Global Olympics and Paralympics sponsorships. On the show today, we talk about Jack's career at Toyota, which started in 1992, went from regional offices to leading brands to his current role now. We talk about mentors that he's had along the way, as well as the automotive category and the rapid change that that's undergoing and how Toyota's going to stand for mobility and what does mobility mean? How do they define that and where is it going? We also talk about his thoughts on the future of marketing, as well as talk about some of the campaigns and the Olympic sponsorship. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jack Hollis of Toyota. Well, Jack, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me be part of it. Yeah, no, I'm excited about this conversation. It should be a good one. I thought maybe we could start with your background. I was doing a little research on you, and it looks like you started at Toyota in 1992. Was that your first job out of school? Tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't my first job. I, some people might say it was my first real job out of school, but no, I was really fortunate. I was able to have a short 
but full of memory baseball career. I went to school. I graduated college from Stanford University up in Palo Alto. And I was fortunate at that time to really the day after graduation is to join the Cincinnati Reds as part of their uh, baseball, professional baseball organization. So I played baseball as my first career. During the off seasons, what I would do is besides working out, I'd work for Security Pacific Bank. I thought I wanted to be a, a banker, kind of a equity trader. And so I would do that and I built up a, a career there while I was doing baseball. And then as I was doing baseball, after my second full season, I uh, decided it was time to retire, mostly because I knew that I was good enough to be spend my, my career in the minors, but probably going to be one half a step short of the majors. And instead of really prolonging that, I think it was just being self-aware. It was time to hang those up and I had this career going. So then I went to uh, Security Pacific Bank full-time. That was in 91. Okay. And that was the same time the Bank of America bought out Security Pacific. And then I had already built up a body of work and Bank of America wanted to have me kind of go backwards into like a trainee role. And I wasn't really thrilled about that. And, <laughs> and at the same time, I was living in the city of Torrance, California, which is the home or which was the former home of Toyota in the USA. And that's how it started. That's great. Well, what was the path from starting at Toyota to your current role? Huh. Well, it's kind of weird of how it actually even started because I started, quick side story, I came to, to get an interview through Toyota through a man who I didn't know what role he was in the company, <laughs> but he was a golfer. And I met this guy at a golf tournament. And this guy says to me, hey, you know, I've been kind of following your baseball career. And if you're really done, maybe come over and interview with us because I like hiring competitors. I like athletes. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. He goes, just give me your phone number and I'll get an interview set up. I'm like, okay. So I gave this gentleman my, I didn't know, I didn't know what role he had at Toyota. I just knew that he was with Toyota. So I gave him my phone number, my home phone number and he called and he had a, the head of HR call me the next day. And this was like December of 91. And so this person calls and says, I got his interview. Well, to make a long story short, the person who it was, was at the time, the acting or the American side president of our company, his name was Bob McCurry. And this guy was an athlete wow. himself. And he was just, he likes competitors. And what he said was, I like people who know how to work as a team. And then when he had found out that I had been the team captain of most of my teams, he said, well, that's even better. And so I got an interview and it was in December and just came through. And then we started in uh, January of 92. And I joined the company as a management trainee. And to be very candid, I came because I wanted a great name on my resume. I wasn't necessarily a car guy. I love cars. And I love Toyota. And I grew up in that city of Torrance. But I really wanted to get back into the sporting world, whether that be professional baseball. Uh, I have family who's been in professional sports. Or I wanted to get on with a local team like the Lakers or you know, AEG or Staples Center or something like that. Or if I wanted to be in the Olympics, you know, do Olympic work or whatever it might be. So just so you're aware, <laughs> I only came to Toyota for like, wanting to get a one year under my belt and put uh, the good resume. And then from there, here's what, what happened. As I simply love the people. And you may hear that yeah. a couple of times on our conversation. I loved the people and my career. I don't know. You want me to take you th quickly through job roles? Yeah. Or how? yeah. If you don't mind, just uh, maybe the highlights. It would be great. Sure. Just to know. Highlights is I spent the first seven years up in the San Francisco region doing field work, field working with our dealerships. And I had something like nine different roles in seven years. Wow. Went from there and went to Lexus, spent two years at Lexus, both on marketing and a sales side. I really enjoyed that before then going back out to the field organization for two more years out in Denver, the Denver region. And while I was there, I had a really unique opportunity to come work for the president of 
Toyota Motor Sales at the time, a Japanese man by the name of Yoshi Inaba, who asked me to come and be his assistant, which was kind of a unique role where you would work globally with him. But he was the president of uh, North America, but he asked me to be his kind of right-hand guy, kind of a chief of staff. And so I took that on and from there, had a chance to go work with our private distributors. We have in the US, we have two private distributors that cover 10 of our states, very large, both Gulf States Toyota and Southeast Toyota. And I got to represent them, kind of a liaison role between our company and their companies for another four or five years before going to Scion. And it was really interesting as oh, I get wow. to be a part of this private distributor. I got to go to Scion when Scion was really in its, it had just come off a high of launching and then a low of product support. And I got to get it at the low end and really kind of work with it and I became president of Scion there and then came from president of Scion to running our marketing department as our uh, group vice president and what I call team captain of marketing. <laughs> and I did that for five years. And then about 18 months ago, I was then promoted to the current role of group vice president, general manager, which is overseeing really all Toyota operations. I love that. It's unusual and sadly so unusual that I talk to people that have been at a company as long as you have. A, a recent interview was with the CMO at Prudential and he had equally, He I think he'd been there 27 years, my memory's right. So kudos. I mean, <laughs> it's great, great for an organization too. I mean, it says a lot about an organization, I think, when they can keep good people. Well, well I don't know if I fit into the good people side, but at least, <laughs> at least, they, I've at least tricked well, them long enough to have them keep me around for 26 years. Well, there you go. Well, maybe, maybe. We'll judge at the end. We'll judge <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I want to make one, <laughs> one statement about that, though, is quite honestly, I didn't ever start off to being with the company this long, but the people around the organization, its DNA, its core is matches up with my core of truly this idea that there's never best, but only better. And there's always more and, and better that we can do for our associates, for each of our team members, and really each of the people we come in contact with, but ultimately the customer. And that has kept me around here and wanting to strive for more and now lead people to do the exact same thing. I love that. You know, you talk about the people, I'm curious if there were any mentors along the way. You talked about, you know, that one, it sounded like a big jump, if you will, going to the assistant of the president of Toyota in North America, but I don't you know, were there mentors along the way that kind of helped you get from this level to the next level to the next level? That's interesting. The question about mentors is always really important to me because there's been a lot. I have been completely blessed, Alan. I, I got to tell you, I don't know many people have been as blessed as I have in a career to have both men and women come alongside me and mentor me. A couple that stand out is the one I mentioned, Yoshi Yanava. Again, he was the president at the time and he was really the one who expanded my mind to look at things through a global lens that at the time I had a very focused U.S. focus and him spending the time to allow me to travel with him and allow me to sit in on meetings that were above my pay grade at an earlier time in my career allowed me to understand the magnitude of this company as well as the ethos and really what we stood for. So that's one. A second one is our current CEO. His name is Jim Lentz. But Jim and I met all the way back at really about my third or fourth year into the company when I was in the San Francisco region. He was the general manager. I was a current field traveler working with our dealerships. And so he took an interest in me. And I actually remember officially the day that he told me I was going to be moving from under his control uh, to Lexus when I moved that first major time. And I asked him directly, would you be willing to continue to mentor me from afar? Because our mentalities were the same. The thought processes were the same, but completely different career kind of paths. And he said, yes. 
And it was great because not only that, but his wife kind of took a, a mentorship to my wife. And I had a chance mm-hmm. to get to know his kids. It was, uh, my kids were growing up and there was this kind of more than just work, right? It be, kind of became like how mm-hmm. families can go. And so I mentioned that because it was great to see it wasn't just about work, but it was about people helping be a mentor of a person. And that was great. And the third one I mentioned is my dad. My dad has been a mentor to me really my whole life in sports. He's a professional golfer, so he could help me both from how to be a mentor in competition, how to be a great team player as well in team sports as he also played baseball. And I mentioned that because he is still today alive and works as a mentor to me in many ways, both as a dad, as a husband, but also as a worker. And And I really appreciate, I think, all three of those men who have really helped to paint some or help me along the way. Oh, that's great. That's great. Good story to you. Thank you. Well, let's talk a little bit about automotive category. It's undergoing a lot of change. You know, stories of Volvo, you know, going electric or all electric <laughs> Ford, you know, Ford reducing its car offering for to just the Mustang and Focus Active. And you, then you've got ride sharing apps and you've got Tesla creating <laughs> cars and tunnel systems and rocket ships. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so how do you think about this category and what's Toyota's place in that category? What a great question. And the reason I almost chuckled through it is because there's probably even more you could go on and on. This oh, question could take up the rest of the podcast. Yeah. I know. I had to cut it short just so we could get on to your answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal. The category, as I think about today, you probably you're, you're expecting me to say this almost, but it's, hey, listen, the category is changing so incredibly fast. And it's not that it's just it's changing, it's actually expanding. And what Toyota's place into it is this. And one, I'm going to give you a two-part answer. The first part answer, it's not changing at all. We are core of who we are. We are an automotive excellence. And we believe in our core business is in that automotive space, whether that's autonomous driving, fuel cells, electric, any sort of propulsion you want to, it comes to that vehicle where that's our core and we will stick to that. So that's not changing, but it is expanding. And that expansion is why Toyota is leaving behind being a global automotive maker to becoming a global mobility provider. And it's really critical to understand that it's not changing what the cores of what we do. It's just adding to the core of what we do because we're always going to be a full line manufacturer of products, but we're going to be a full line manufacturer of products beyond vehicles. And that is where we're really you know, moving into or really moving into the category of being a mobility provider. Got it. Got it. Well, I want to come back to this notion of mobility because I I know there's a lot more to unpack there. Sure. But I'd love to talk to you a little bit about some of the recent campaigns and we could start with Let's Go Places. I've watched a number of those commercials and I don't know if this was the intent, but it it definitely ignites your core reptilian brainwaves. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) The excitement, the roar of the engine and handling all those different things. Is that what you were trying to achieve? And is it working in terms of driving sales and things like that? I am very passionate about this piece because this was... I was involved with this from before we started it to the point it is today. Let's go places. First of all, my own family motto at home, my family, we call ourselves Team Hollis. Okay. And we've created that (laughs) since that day. We were married and I have four kids and we are a team. We love those words, let's go. And it's kind of who I am. I'm let's go. There's no sitting around. Well, as we transitioned from a tagline called moving forward, we debuted nationally in 2012, really is the end of 2012, we were wanting to change and add what I was considering. And I just moved into the marketing role six months earlier, and I wanted to add emotion, more more emotion to our brand. And this idea of let's go places had two pieces. It was both figurative 
and literal. I mean, literally, we want to take you from A to B. Let's go places. Let's get you a vehicle that take you. But it was more the figurative. It was like, hey, you know, that Alan, that dude's going places. No, it was, <laughs> and it was more than that. It was figurative, like, yeah. well, what's beyond? What can, where can we go that we've never gone before? And so it reflected this whole commitment our company was about this exciting products because we were altering our products at the exact same time. But the customers need to know we're making a promise to them that you're going to be a part of going with us to a place, to our futuristic place with us. And so quite honestly, we were trying to achieve that. It was all of what you're saying. It was the excitement of driving and the engines and road handling, but it couldn't just be product which was making changes at the time that were good. It had to be an emotional connection with customers, but not just customers, also our own team members. So we basically created this Let's Go Places movement. And we had every single executive, every single team member, every single field person go through a Let's Go Places training so that we could launch it with passion. And that's what we did. We launched it with passion. We kept it going. And then you asked if it's working. And I'm really excited to... If you don't mind, I'll throw a, a couple numbers at you off the top of my head, if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. So, because it's important to me that I like being held accountable to how we're doing. And one of the things is, you know, for taglines is what's the recall? Can a guest recall a tagline? Well, it was pretty cool. In our industry, Toyota is number one. And we're just about up to 75% now of recall, meaning people can recall the line of Let's Go Places ties into an automotive company. And that's great. But it's better than that is that you got to connect the recall to that linkage to, did they identify their correct brand that goes with it? Yeah. And what I'm proud there is that number is over 50% that people could say, let's go places, not just automotive, but it's also directly attributed to Toyota, which is more than double any of our competitors today. And I think that's important is not that we're double them. It's that it's significant gap, right? That, that let's go places wasn't just a tagline, but it was an emotional connection because it's clear that the best brands in the world have an emotional connection with their guests. We've accomplished that. But like I said earlier, it's not about being, you know, stopping it being best or being number one. It's about still getting better every day. And that's what we're doing as a company. And I got to add, what's kind of fun for us is we're seeing that across every kind of guest. Because for the last 10 years, Toyota has also been, has the most recall, brand awareness, but also of sales to each of what we you know might call the diversity markets of Hispanic American, African American. Asian American. And so you see that this is not just let's go places is not just for one kind of audience, but really runs the spectrum. Got it. Got it. Well, I've been watching a lot of binge watching with my 10 year old, you know, uh -oh. whether it's Cupcake Wars or uh, I don't know, they, all these cooking shows, Chopped, Reruns. And we've been, we've had quite a number of frequencies with the Wonder Spot, but I'm curious, and you're, you're embracing OTT or over the top, mm -hmm. you know, as a platform, I guess, to place advertising. So how do you think about the marketing mix these days? And, you know, what are you pushing into and where are you kind of left wanting more or, or better solutions? Yeah, totally. I think ultimately the marketing mix is pretty simple formula. It, you know, you got to be everywhere to all people all the time, right? I mean, if you're a big player like Toyota, how do you not have a marketing mix maxed in every category? Right. However, the reality of dollars always comes in is how much money do you have to spend and what's the most effective way? So what we've done is our marketing mix truly is created, you know, kind of specific to each model from the ground up. And you have some products, right? They're selling 400,000 vehicles like RAV4 and, and Camrys to smaller volume vehicles. Well, the question is, is how do you make each marketing mix per vehicle how do you maximize the efficiency? Things like over the top, you know, an OTT is something we've pushed into. And if you, you obviously know you've done your homework, you know that we've pushed into there because we think it has a lot of value. 
at the same time is you, you always want to get better with you know frequency management and just the eyeballs that you're talking to you know binge watching isn't necessarily a major component of today's watching audience but it's growing, right? right. So, so we have to kind of watch that. I also look at our marketing mix when it comes across things. Sometimes things come in cycles. I mean, recently, I know this sounds crazy, but radio, to many people, is kind of coming back. Yeah. Okay, you're saying, yeah. well, why is that? Okay, you have to read that. Or let's go now, how about activation? I call it activation marketing, but that hands-on, putting people in touch, physically touching your products. No, that's gone through two or three cycles just in the last four or five years where people really wanted to be a part of it and engage it, and then people just dropped it. So quite honestly, to be honest with you, is we have to make the decision depending on each of the campaigns and consumer insights we're gaining on each platform, and it changes all the time. Gotcha. Yeah, so you just have to keep up with where people are. <laughs> you got to keep up where people are and you have to be quick to respond. And that's what's changed. You have to be much more flexible and nimble and don't go, get so set in your ways. That's why you're seeing contracts with most marketing partners being year by year because it's, you, know, you can't get locked in too long. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Right, right. Well, I, I will say, I, you know, I don't need to say this, but those commercials, Let's Go Places, they do make me want to go test drive a Camry. I want to see if it makes that noise that it makes in the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're trying our best. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So, well, uh, well, let's talk about mobility. You brought it up earlier and I know, you, you know, the category yeah. to your point is expanding, you know, so You've pushed into this with Super Bowl spots, you know, start your impossible, and as well as the the Olympic sponsorship that you're doing. So, tell listeners a little bit more about how does Toyota define mobility? All right, listeners, be careful here because you are on the hot spot of where we're going. You put Olympics, Paralympics, and mobility in the same place to me, and we could go hours right here, Alan. So, <laughs> you just shut me off whenever you're ready to say, Jack, that's enough. <laughs> right. No, but good. quite honestly, the mobility we define mobility as ultimately a human right to move. Hmm. And we want to supply the needs of every person. Whether that means helping a person get across town or maybe just across the room, it doesn't matter. We are fully committed to the evolution of being a mobility company defined that way. To basically give life, give mobility to people in any way that they need or ask for. And if you think about it, the idea of mobility, depending on where you live, I mean, we are very fortunate to live in the U.S. and to be able to have really the lives that we have. Around the world, if you look at mobility, that definition of what it means to be mobile is so amazingly different. In some places, it's a pair of shoes. 
Right. Someplace, right. no, seriously, from a Paralympics and our combination side, you know, I've learned a lot about para-athletes and people with, with disabilities. Let me just tell you, their ideas of mobility make an innovator's dream come true because you're just saying, okay, let's find new problems to solve. So that's really how we define mobility. But I got to be honest with you, beyond that, we think this idea of starting are impossible. There's nothing necessarily impossible. You got to start. You, your person, you, know, you, Alan, you have something that probably that you haven't jumped into yet. We just want you to help. We want to help you start. Doesn't mean we're going to get you all the way to the finish line. We do want to help people start. And that's where the, really the Olympic sponsorship was our place to launch the Start Your Impossible campaign and really launch us into being and talking about a mobility company. Got it. Why expand beyond automotive? I'm mean, just curious, you know, and, and as you move into mobility in this larger realm, how do you define the competitive set and the, and the market that you're trying to go after? Yeah, thanks for asking me. And, and, and I love it when people ask me about, well, why would Toyota do that? Well, Toyota has been doing it since we started. I mean, when we started as a company uh, 50 plus years ago, I want you to think about this. We started, Toyota started as a loom works company making automated looms. And that was started because a son wanted to help his mother not work so hard, to make life better, to provide more resources. And that's how the company started. So we started as a Loomworks company before we became a domestic automotive company in Japan. And then we went from a domestic automotive company to a global automotive company. Again, expand, expand, expand. This is exactly who we are as a company. Now we're expanding again. And with the same drive being, how do we help an individual anywhere on the globe have a better life, more enjoyable, more freedom, freedom to move. And so when you see, tying into your previous question, mobility is about that freedom of movement. So we're defining our new competitive set as anybody, anyone who is helping people freeing up their lives. That could be artificial intelligence, automated technologies, hardware, software companies, companies who are innovating any Buddy out there who's trying to create any sort of mobility devices is our competitive set. And so we know we don't even know all those competitors yet, but we do know what we are standing for and we're ready to compete on any of those levels. Got it. Got it. Well, what is, I mean, this is a big change, I, I would think. Yeah. And, you know, what does it mean for the company? It's, you know, your employees and really at the heart of it, the core purpose of Toyota. It's a powerful statement to make that we're, you know, we're in the business of helping people and helping people move. And it's a human right. It, it cuts at the core, I think, at least hearing you talk about it. So I just want to hear, you know, in your own words, what does it mean for the company and in your own employees? You know, one of the key, there's, there's two key pillars to the Toyota brand. It's one of them is called Kaizen. That's this idea of continuous improvement. It's a Japanese word for continue. It's always improving. Again, never best, just better. Just keep making things better. That's one. And the second one is respect for people. Okay. Those two pillars are what is held up the Toyota brand and our company and really is all of our, our core of who we are. I mentioned that because the idea of mobility is expanding that further. So the change isn't as great as you might think because our core principles have always been about expanding to help people, right? To continuously improve. But what I do like to put down is this, is Toyota is going from an automotive company to what I'm calling the human movement company. And so this idea of what we want consumers to feel is that we are part of their life to be a part of whatever challenges they may have. And while we can't necessarily say we're going to solve everyone, we can sure start. We can sure be at the start of that. That's why I love the idea of start your impossible. We can sure start with you 
And we want that relationship with individuals to tell us what is it that they could use, what is it that they could need, and help us to challenge our team to solve problems. And we're a very strong company at solving problems, and we're just expanding on the, the amount of problems we might want to try to solve. Uh, I like it. I like, you know, the Kaizen plus the respect for people combination. It, it is start your impossible. <laughs> it is. It really is. Well, how's the Olympic sponsorship played a role in getting this message out? Well, the launching point of Start Your Impossible was made through this eight-year commitment. Now, this eight-year commitment was just the start of our commitment because we will continue to evaluate our relationship with the IOC and the IPC to see how if we want to continue to expand that. But we are set all the way through the 2024 games and the grandness of Olympics and Paralympics. And it's critical to understand that our support is equal for both. Most companies have gone in to be, if you're not familiar, we are a top sponsor and top stands for the Olympic partners. There's only 14 of those globally. And we came in as the 13th one right now. And we are the only mobility category owner. We own that globally. It was important for us to launch big. And what bigger event is there than Olympics and Paralympics? Because if you think about it, going back to some of the questions about where our marketing mix is, the best marketing mix, in my opinion, is to be a part of live sports live anything, first of all, because people, that is the most interesting, I think, people intake and what they desire. But there's nothing better than the emotional connection to the Olympics and Paralympics. And that's why we're there. And the role that it's playing has been great. The passion for our own team members, the Olympics and the Olympic movement and my own, I'll tell you, I've never been more passionate, engaged in something than, than both the Olympics, Paralympics. And it's, it's really a wonderful relationship that has started and will only continue to get stronger as we go forward, as we get ready for the 2020 games in, in Tokyo, before the 22 games in Beijing, and then 24 games in Paris. I got it. Got it. Well, you know, in the equal, if you will, billing of Paralympics and Olympics, and your sponsorship goes straight to the heart of mobility. I mean, just in its very, uh, you know, direct relationship with the advertising. Well, and you mentioned you've been seeing, you know, whether it's <laughs> binge watching over the top or if you're watching a television review, Super Bowl, it doesn't matter where. Our goal was to emotionally connect the guests out there to real life people and real life stories. And when we could do that through an Olympian or a Paralympian, because what you've seen, you know, for people who are listening, if you haven't, go online and really check out whether it's the Olympic channel, go to come to Toyota.com and take a look because what there is, is there's story after story of personalities and people whose lives are changing because of Olympics and Paralympics and their effect on society is amazing. And I just think that for all of us, just as humans, the more that we can tie into not just supporting them, but supporting people and starting athletic adventures and being part of just athletic competition is amazing. I just think that we have so much more untapped potential as, as people and I, I want to be a part of that. That's great. That's a great message. Well, let's flip the conversation a little bit. I love talking about the person and getting to know you a little <laughs> bit more. I think listeners do too. And I love this question, which is, you know, is there an experience in your life that defines who you've become? Wow. You know, I don't think there's a specific, okay, I have a hard time trying to give you one because I got to be, you know, I guess just transparent. My life has been a set of ups and downs where I can't help but just tell you, I guess at the core of me, if there's one experience is that's really probably coming to to faith in an early part of my life and mm -hmm. to seeing uh, a relationship with God and, and without, without preaching a sermon here, but really a relationship with God through Jesus that has really kind of set my life on life is not about me. Life is literally about how I get to help people and be a part of other people's lives and the idea of growing relationships. So quite honestly, what makes me who I am today is a relationship with Jesus that allows me to really, truly, I don't know, 
love people and love relationships and want to pursue them. And the fact that I get to do that in the automotive space is amazing to me. And the people I've been a part of who have either helped me or I've got to help have been so numerous. I don't think there's one experience that has shaped it, that, but they all have been a part of the ups and downs of my life. And I'm very thankful for them, whether it's been the great times or the tougher times. No, that's great. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, what fuels you? What drives you to get up and do what you do? Every day? <laughs> Sometimes I don't know. People laugh at me. They're like, what? They're like, do you drink coffee? I'm like, I've never drank <laughs> coffee in my life. I don't like it. I am fueled by water. <laughs> you really don't drink coffee. You have so much energy. I can just feel it. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. I literally, I am a water drinker. What fuels me is, is three passions. I'm fueled by truly a faith in Christ. I'm really fueled by that. That's the core of who I am. I'm also fueled by my relationship with my wife and my kids. I have an amazing wife of 27 years. She is awesome. And four kids that fuel me, like I said, and I like team stuff. So as Team Hollis, I'm fueled by being in their life and a leader in their life, but also just being a champion for who they are as five different individuals. I love that. And then my last is I'm driven by competition. I like to be the best that I can be. That doesn't mean I always win, but I do want to feel content that I've given my very best to be the best of who I can be. And I'm fueled by waking up every day to challenge the next item, right? And it's, again, it's not even about, it is not always about beating somebody else. It's about being better than I was the other day. And those three fueling systems, I say all work together really in harmony. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you know, if I step back from, obviously Toyota is your number one brand in your book. Yeah, baby. Step back from, step back from that. You know, what brands are there brands or companies or causes you think other people should take notice of? Yeah. You know, Alan, it's, this changes often because I think as we go through life and we experience more, we run into different brands and different movements that get me excited. Toyota, I am really proud to be a part of this company. And I hope that you can hear that. I love the company for what we stand for and what I think we're going to continue to stand for. And now as a leader in our company, it is my desire to push that even further. So I love the Toyota brand. I think there's these companies, I would say, they're, I'm going to put them in maybe a bucket because there's not one better than the other necessarily. But when I look at companies like Uber and Lyft, mm-hmm. I love the fact that what they did is they came into an industry, shook it up a bit, you know, the taxi cab space, but they've, they've never stopped there, right? They, they expanded. I like competitors who jump in, disrupt things, and then continue to grow. And so I respect them for doing mm-hmm. so. But there's other companies out there um, that I have personal uh, involvement with. I've, I've enjoyed, I think everybody probably mentions the word Nike. And being a sports fan, but I like the fact that Nike has never stood still. They've continued to keep a core of who they are, but keep being an entrepreneur and touching new things out there, new industries. So they're a brand that I do like personally. But then I also say most recently, the branding or the movement around Olympics and Paralympics, I think that they have plenty of room to grow. I love partnering with the IPC, International Paralympic Committee, and seeing where they can go because I believe that the Paralympics can be equally as large as the Olympics, but just you know, right with a different, it's going to take a different, somewhat a bit of a different business model to get there. And, and to be a part of that has been great. But to see it, even if it wasn't in Toyota, to see the opportunity to grow sports in the world especially youth yeah. sports. I'm one who believes, I love technology, but I believe that we've overcranked the dial where people are spending so much time on devices and inside that we've underdialed the outside experience of just being outside and playing. And I want to see people just playing, especially at the youth. So that's a movement that I'm, I'm very involved in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, last question for you. Where do you think the future of marketing is going to go? Yeah, future of marketing 
is who's going to be able to be the most flexible. When I say that is who's going to be the most nimble to be able to find where consumers are absorbing any kind of content or any kind of experience with your brand. Being a mobility provider and us expanding beyond just vehicles into other devices, it's going to be important to to be at the forefront of how to put products in people's hands, letting them experience them. So I think that where it's going to change is, I think it's going to pick up speed of what we're seeing today, but a much faster pace of of being able to spread yourself out. And here's where the difficult is going to be is, the best marketing teams are going to decide which are best for them, which marketing devices, marketing platforms are best for them and being okay to abandon some mm. because there's so many and they're growing so fast that you're not going to be able to be in all of them effectively. And so what's going to be question is you're going to have to be able to ask yourself as a, like a chief marketing officer is going to be is where do we want to be effective? What do we want to own? What do we want to be known for? At the same time, be okay not to be in some of those ones that maybe is not your core strength. And that's going to be the difficult decision-making as we go forward, because there's going to be too many platforms to market on, and you're going to have to be flexible. And that word nimble is going to come in more and more so. And that's why I think you're going to see companies who maybe even have to challenge themselves almost internally, right? They're going to come back and ask themselves, do we really believe we're still that or are we this? And that, I think it's going to be exciting. No, yeah, it can be, can be, can be exciting. And it sounds like Toyota's figuring out why they exist for sure. And I think that's great advice about being nimble, agile, and making those hard calls of what we're not going to do. So many times we get, you know, fill up our plate with all the things we say, well, we have to do that, but we don't evaluate it. So I think it's very wise, very wise advice. Well, and I would say that we have made plenty of mistakes. And I personally, even in marketing roles, both Lexus, Scion, Toyota, but I think this idea of failing fast, trying something, evaluating, and, and it's okay to get out there and try it and decide quickly. You know, it's okay. Jump out, have a little bit of what I call that entrepreneur, you know, in you know, these big companies and like a Toyota, you have to still have an entrepreneurial spirit. You have to have this flexible money out there that allows you to try things and see if you can hit a home run. And when you don't, if you happen to strike out, that's okay. Just strike out on three swings. Don't take too long. Get out of there. And then, oh, and try something else. And that's what you have to. And I think the people that are working for us have got to understand. Failure, no problem. Failure twice of the same exact thing. Yeah, that's not so good. But fail fast, learn from it, and let's move on and then make it happen. Love it. Love it. Well, Jack, thanks so much for coming on the show today. <laughs> Alan, thanks for allowing me. Some of the questions you asked, it's funny, I haven't we thought about in a while or talked about in a while. It's fun to be able to share a little bit about me and especially our company. Marketing Today is brought to you by Atomic. Atomic focuses on unleashing the growth potential for clients we serve. Atomic is a strategic consultancy specializing in business, marketing, brand, and innovation. Our singular goal is to help you accelerate your efforts with the right mix of expertise, analysis, and creativity. Check us out at atomic.com. A-T-O-M-C-K.com. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me, with writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners, and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. 
You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.